0: Listening Dog Media.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Muddy News Media. And welcome to the Offside Rule in association with Football Manager. I'm Kate Balsay and alongside me with their sleeves rolled up, ready to tackle another week of football-less football broadcasting, is Hayley McQueen and Lindsay Hooper. How are
0: my gruesome twosome today? Hello. My sleeves aren't rolled up, they're rolled down today. I'm a bit cold because that lovely hot spell has has gone by, hasn't it? (laughs) But I know I've been it's sitting, feeling a bit
2: dreary. Mm, I've been sitting here in pretty much swimwear flip-flops and the odd, colorful sarong. Today I'm in a jumper and jeans. And like Lindsay, um, I, I
1: think I've got the heating back on as well. We had it Me on too. Last I, I mean, just what it the, up before we heck? started.: God. what a way to spend your eighth week of lockdown. Anything exciting happened to you ladies this week? Hayley, you've been going out on lots of nice walks, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay, you've been sending mildly offensive birthday cards, I hear oh gosh so my friend it's her 40th imagine
0: having a 40th in lockdown and also she lives on her own so we're gonna have to celebrate when this is all over um but yes i did the moon pig delivery where you go in and you change the name on the front and you do your message inside yeah exactly Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and i chose a lovely card but she sent me a message saying who the frick is leslie (laughs) Her name's Becky. What is your friend?
1: Okay, (laughs) Becky.
0: Yeah, so she said, who the frick is Leslie? I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's not changed it. You know, when you think that you've saved it on the front, it must have just defaulted. Um, I was convinced I'd changed it, but she got a lovely verse on the inside. And now she said that can be
1: her persona for her 40s now. I'm just going to call her Leslie. This is going to stick. Yeah, I mean, Hayley and I are 40, well, me 40-plus already, so perhaps we should have had our very own 40s persona, Hayley. Perhaps I could have been, you know, rather than Kate, I could have been sort of Kazza or Kath or something, Hayley. That's too you could similar. I think I'd go really well, out there, Kate. Like okay. Maybe you could be a Monica.
0: Oh. oh. I'm not
1: sure I find that mildly offensive because it's probably based around Monica from Friends because you're obsessed (laughs) by Friends. Uh, Hayley, you would be who? Uh, That would make me Phoebe then, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'll go for Monica and Phoebe.
0: I suppose so. You can't
1: be Jennifer, by the way. Smelly cat. Well, let's get stuck into... (laughs) (laughs) in Away from smelly cats. Let's get stuck into the football. And listen, you know... We are all sort of getting ready. Clubs are getting ready. Coronavirus testing centres are going up at Carrington at Manchester United. There have been so many discussions, haven't there, about how football starts to think about returning, um, what is safe, what is tasteful, when you bear in mind what else is going on in the country at the moment, how they're going to do it. Loads of meetings going on. Um, The neutral venues plan is looking more and more unlikely. That's been going on this week. Many clubs against it. Uh, what's more likely is the season being decided now on points per game or restarting on the 12th of June, although today I've heard it might be the 19th of June. We're recording this on the Thursday, so I think that's still slightly open to debate. The Times, by the way, reported today uh, that managers not happy with that 12th of June target, many of them concerned about uh, lots of things that are unclear, many elements, and also feeling pressure from the government to restart the That's an interesting angle. Um, Meanwhile, Danny Rose, well, he's sort of really hit back, caused a bit of a stir by saying he doesn't care about the nation's morale, or, well, words to that effect, and thinks that football should not even be spoken about at the moment. He had a little tirade on Instagram. Uh, Meanwhile, Syria uh, say that they are due to restart their season on June the 13th. Let's just run some of those lines by you. Um, Lindsay, pressure from the government two clubs to restart. What do you think about that?
0: I think they've made that clear across the board. They're they're obviously... Motivated by getting the economy back on track, and that's in every single industry, not just football. Um, a lot of people are looking at football as as one of those that is under pressure, but I think there's many other industries that are as well. And my feeling on it is that it should be brought back when it's ready and when it's safe to do so. Um, I can't quite get my head around the fact that you know you can go and meet with. A stranger or have a stranger in your house and putting a shelf up, for instance, if you're encouraging people to go back to work, yet you can't have grandparents seeing their grandchildren. I'm sure you both know this.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I thought about asking my parents to put the house back on the market because... Uh, I thought you were going to say I I go about them. asking my parents to put a shelf up. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, because if you sell your house, if if my parents, if your nearest and dearest put their house up on the market, that's probably a better way to be able to get to see them than any other way. You know, also, I, I, I could meet with 50 people during the day, 10 minutes each, as long as we socially distance and that would still be OK. So it is it is slightly confusing, isn't it? Um, Hayley, what do you think about what Danny Rose had to say or what footballers are saying about this? Because it is a tough Cool, isn't it yes it would be good to get back of course we'd like to see those games finished and I think it would be good for people's morale but we're dealing with you know something very serious here
2: yeah we are and I guess you're going to have to be very selfish here and not just think about the, the you know football as a whole but yourself your own health your family's health I don't know. There could be a footballer living on his own whose parents have moved in with him, and they might be slightly concerned about what's going to happen if they're going to have to return to the to the house, or to the family home, or if you've got young children. And we still don't quite know exactly how coronavirus affects children. I don't think that's even very clear. When you look at the bigger picture, uh, when we were just chatting there about the government putting pressure on 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 the Premier League and and football in general, well, I was reading yesterday um, the top flight contributes seven point six billion Billion to Britain's economy uh, per year. I had no idea it was that much. In the 2016 17 season, which they used as a study, players actually themselves paid £1.1 billion pounds in tax. That's one third of the £3.3 contributed uh, by the Treasury to the Treasury by the league. So when you're looking at it right. like that, you so can that- understand why the government want football yes. to continue um, because. It's just going to get so complicated as well with TV money, who owns the rights to what, BT have certain games, Sky have certain games, who's going to show them when, how much money these television companies have already paid the Premier League, whether they look to get some of that back, how does that work um, it's just a minefield but I think a, a lot is. of it unfortunately does come down to money but I would completely understand if footballers themselves want to say, do you know what I'm taking myself out of this, I don't
1: feel safe. Okay, so that's interesting you would be happy for footballers to say actually this isn't for me and of course there's going to have to be um, something like that, isn't there? Um, we we need to get tucked into the show, but of course, we are going to hear lots more about this. And interesting because in today's show, we are going to be talking about the return of the Bundesliga this weekend, who are doing things like quarantining players for a week, going from the hotel straight to empty stadiums, and all sorts of other maneuvers um, to try and ensure safety therein. So, I think that we'll be doing a lot in terms of learning from other leagues, the first major European league back this weekend, the Bundesliga. So, we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show and picking our teams. We're also um, going to be reflecting a little on what would have been this weekend, the final weekend of the Premier League, of course, if we weren't all knocked down and if coronavirus hadn't come along and uh, and stolen our season and, and sort of eaten, eaten into all of our lives. Um, so we're going to be reflecting a little bit on that and also how you try and get the match day experience at home with no crowds. How do we try and get past that? Uh, as ever, uh, you can hear us live on Jack Radio Fridays from four o'clock. OK, our first topic, Mind the Gap. This weekend, ladies, if we're being truly honest with ourselves, Liverpool probably, almost definitely would have lifted the trophy, the Premier League trophy for the very first time. And also, of course, would have been the first time they'd won the top flight since 1990. So first of the Premier League era and, of course, uh, first time in quite a A few years. How many years, Lindsay Hooper? Let me do my edition. 30 years. 30 years of pain. So we're going to look at gaps between titles, between achievements. Let's look at other clubs that have overcome huge gaps. We can look at England, Scotland, European competitions and European clubs, for example. And Who should we be looking at and taking inspiration from? Hayley, let's go to you first.
2: Okay, right. Mind the Gap, Paris Saint-Germain. I know things have been a bit up and down with PSG, but for a club that was only founded 47 years ago, uh, they've done some pretty magical things there. There have been dynasties developing in this century in league. Uh, there was Lyon, of course. They claimed their first league title in the 2001-2002 season. They went on to win six more in consecutive years. Uh, but that was basically put to bed when PSG came in with the tons of money. They had actually won the league in 1993-94, uh, before they came into the mega billions that they've got right now. Um, and that was, of course, when David Junola was in the side, as well as George Weir, too, who was top score it in league-owned, but they had to wait until... before they won it again and they didn't just win it once and they didn't just have a small gap because they went on to win it four seasons in a row until of course Monaco snatched it off them and then they thought, you know what we're going to do we'll go and buy Kylian Mbappe um, even though they were just uh, newly elected champions, we'll make sure he's in our side and we'll go and whoop your asses continually, which they (laughs) did again for another three seasons, including this one too, of course as well
1: Okay, is that one to show off about? You think PSG? How much of that? How much of that is bought, and how much is earned?
2: That is an example of what you can do with a billionaire owner. That is a, that's that's a bought. That's a bought title (laughs) and it continues to be bought as well. But how they're going to keep up with that and how things are going to change, of course, with the economy in France and how football ownership is is probably going to change as well. And the vast amounts of money coming into football. Mm. Maybe it will start to change a little bit back to the, the good old days.
1: Yes, difficile
0: indeed. Lindsay, what have you got for me? We'll go with the yin and yang then. So we've got a relatively young football club in what haley has been describing. But what we have in Aston Villa is one of the founding members of the Football League. This is one of the oldest football clubs. They'd won six titles by 1910. And then they went on to go fifth Fifty nine seasons before Mm. they won the title again in 1981. So I think that's an example of one of your stalwart clubs who will hope to return to the big time one day. They always sort of um, flaunt and flirt with the Premier League. But one of those teams that goes up and down quite a bit in recent years. Are they anywhere near getting back to the top? Perhaps not at the moment. And another one that would fall into that category in an even longer spell, Blackburn Rovers. Um, They had 71 seasons between their titles, uh, which they won in 1914. And then again, as we all know, with Shearer and Sutton in 1995 and co. 10 trophies in total for Blackburn Rovers. And they've had a real barren spell since. So 71 seasons. I
1: couldn't top that. That is incredible. Now, European football, Champions League success and Real Madrid is something that goes hand in hand, right? It's something that you long associate one with the other. And in fact, it was like this when the European Cup, um, as it was back in 1955, began. Real Madrid won the first five editions. Apart from that and winning it in 1966, they didn't have a huge amount of success with it until the end of the 1990s. If we f- To fast forward to the modern era, they went from 2003 to 2013 with no Champions League trophy at all. And this is, of course, when they were a high achieving team. No particular reason why they wouldn't do it. Well, I'm sure that there are lots of reasons, but essentially they should have been able to achieve it. Um, Up until 2010, they were basically only reaching the round of 16, something that Jose Mourinho, well, I'm sure that will always be a thorn in his side, he couldn't quite do it until 2014, so a decade after winning it uh, in 2003. Carlo Ancelotti stepped up and achieved something Jose Mourinho could never quite do. And from 2014 onwards, of course, they've had such rich success, namely when Zinedine Zidane took charge of the side and won it three times in a row, smashing the record books in the modern era, 2016, 2017, 2018. So there you go. It wasn't always Champions League success all the way for Real Madrid but of course when you've got those three successive titles back to back uh, that is something to be proud of and we all know we can think about players like Ronaldo Luka Modric, Tony Cruz Casemiro all being so important to that period in uh, Madrid's history but yeah a huge time without a trophy and then why not just do it three times back to back Mm -hmm. Hayley let's go back to you
2: well, this is another club, a little bit like Paris Saint-Germain, that are in with the money. ka And this win changed everything for Manchester City. And the reason I mention it is because it's an on this day. As we record the podcast um, in 2011, a 35-year wait for Manchester City's uh, major trophy ended. They beat Stoke, of course, in the FA Cup final. It was just a narrow 1-0 win, but they still did it. It was, of course, the hero Yaya Toure. And, of course, that Wembley win was of huge significance because it was a trophy that then, well, it kick-started, didn't it? Uh, The most successful period in the club's history. Balotelli. Silver again. Balotelli. Pinball. Too
1: Manchester City have one hand on the FA Cup.
2: Well, as ever... Traditionally, I like to mention Manchester United or Middlesbrough in a podcast. And this time I'm going to mention Borough. It wasn't so much of a gap. Um, It was a 128 year wait for just something to happen. There's a famous (laughs) double DVD that was produced by Borough TV when I worked there uh, many years ago when, of course, they won the League Cup. uh, And it was called 128 Years Later. And that's how long it took for Middlesbrough to win anything of any kind having, of course, been runners-up in the League Cup in 96-97, the following season as well, 97-98, and runners-up in the FA Cup and got relegated. But it was 2004 in that brilliant win against Bolton that finally saw them win a bit of silverware and I think it might be another 128 years before anything (laughs) happens again.
1: (laughs) Did that mark your time working at Middlesbrough then, Hayley? It it did, which was amazing.
2: So I obviously went to the final. I was on part of a production team and and got to go and and
1: work the game and just hang out, have a few beers and uh, celebrate. Bringing success wherever she goes. Well, we'll have to see if Liverpool end their wait for a trophy, all to be decided. But right now, let's move into the very real world world of what's going on in the German leagues and climb aboard the Bundesliga bandwagon. Well, for topic 2, football is back. Yes, if you've got BT Sport. Yes, if you like Germany. Yes, if you can pick a team. We are all jumping aboard the Bundesliga bus. It's the first major football league to make a return. Gosh, it's got the highest average attendance of any football league in the world normally. But of course, the stadiums are going to be completely empty for the rest of the season. There's still going to be home and away teams. There'll be no neutral venues in the Bundesliga, though. And they're doing stuff like quarantining, players regularly being tested for coronavirus. Um, I think there are going to be a couple of hundred people in each stadium, some around the pitch, media and a. Officials in the stand, but that is about it. So rather than go into the deep, deep technicalities of it, uh, in fact, I'm sure several other podcasts will be telling you who to look out for, how they play, how they line up, and all the rest of it. We're just simply here on the offside rule going to pick a team each and tell you why we're giving our loyalty to that particular side or area. Any reason at all, ladies, you like, for picking a team. I'm going to go to Lindsay, first of all. Um, Which Bundesliga team are you backing and why, Hoops? I'm going to be donning my royal blue this weekend. I thought
0: I'd choose a team in the match that I'm going to watch. And of all the fixtures, I thought that Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke was the most appealing for me. So I'm going to be watching that one. It's a huge
1: fixture, isn't it? Oh,
0: it's called the Revere Derby, actually. So a lot resting on this match. But I've gone for Schalke, who are the coal mining heroes of Germany. Uh, They've got a rich history. (laughs) I can tell that you're from the black country. I know that's <laughs> a partly why I've gone for them because they're a working man's club, got a great history in the German league. They were champions in the 1930s. In 2001 as well, for those people that follow Bundesliga, they may recall that for four minutes, Schalke were Bundesliga champions. That was until Bayern Munich scored a goal (laughs) in the final seconds of that season. Schalke condemned to second place in the end. But another thing that I love in a football club is a famed academy and they have one. They've produced some brilliant talent over the years. Manuel Neuer, uh, Mesut Ozil, Julian Draxler. So I really like... A team that invests in youth and gives opportunities to those with first-team football—they do that. I know that Borussia also do that quite a lot. But I think the thing that nailed it for me as well is that beautiful stadium, the Velten's Arena. Um, it's one that I would love to visit. You may recall the 2004 Champions League final; it was the venue. I remember marveling at it, thinking, "What a stadium!" You can't I'd love go to go and to the visit venue, though, Hoops. I know, but when we can, I'd like to. Okay. Um, and one of my favourite players in Bundesliga, Ozan Kabak, he plays for Schalke, so it, it all made sense. It all stacked up. I'm going hmm. for Schalke.
1: Well, I have gone for Borussia Dortmund, and yes, there is a cracking derby tie coming up this weekend. It it, it was nil nil, by the way, in in the reverse fixture. It might not um, be a cracker, um, at Schalke. <laughs> well. I think it might be. I think it might be. Schalke are currently sitting sixth in the Bundesliga before uh, the league was suspended. Uh, Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund in second. It's pretty obvious, really, why I've chosen Dortmund. And it's not just because of Jurgen Klopp, current Liverpool manager. Of course, I'm a Liverpool fan, um, but also because they are a pretty cool club and always have been haven't they the crowd are amazing um they've got those fantastic uh yellow and black shirts as well they're known as the schwarzgelben i love the wall that they do that's fantastic mm. when and 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 kate you're in a you're in a lemon jumper today i feel like i'm i it's like Slightly paler than I would wish. But uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a good one. So, so on Saturday, Hoops, you need to wear your blue and I need to wear my yellow and black together. Here's the drama with, with Borussia Dortmund. That's that they keep being pipped by Bayern Munich. This could be their season, though, couldn't it? They are four points behind Bayern Munich as it stands. And this is where we want the dream to, to sort of come into play. This is, this is why I'm supporting them, because there is something uh, to be done for the last seven or eight seasons I think it is they've been pipped by Bayern Munich the club's motto by the way it's fairly new is Echte Liebe which is it's love real love and that resonates with me as well as their <laughs> fantastic fantastic duo they're combining so beautifully Erling Braut Haaland and Jaden Sancho as well and it will be really hmm. exciting to see how it plays out or you could go for the underdog
0: and be on Team Schalke with me
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you see, you might go for the working man hoops and I'm fully behind that. But uh, personally, this time I'm I'm going to go with a little bit of the Dortmund hipster. Uh, Hayley, how are you going to solve uh, the argument, the face off between Lindsay Hooper and myself? Who 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 are you backing?
2: OK, so... Mine was easy because my other half was born in Frankfurt and he was brought up there. His parents still live there. He's a German-Turkish. He's a bit of a Mesut Ozil or an Emre and whichever one you want to pick. Uh, maybe Emre. He's better looking. <laughs> Sorry, Mesut. Uh, your missus <laughs> disagrees. Um, but yeah, I figured I would um, learn a little bit about where my other half is from. I've never actually visited yet. We have met his family lots and spent time with them. But we tend to do that in Turkey because um, Frankfurt, as Kirk puts it, isn't the most exciting of cities. It's a financial um, city. And my goodness, the stadium is pretty incredible though. It's black with a little bit of yellow inside. It's like, um, we were discussing Valencia a few weeks ago, weren't we? And the kind of case against Batman. It very much looks like Batman would go and watch a game in this stadium. It's very imposing. It's very cool. They've got, quality players as well they won the german cup in 2018 and yeah they've pretty much blazed a trail um, to the Europa League semi finals as well. They missed out, of course, didn't they, uh, with that shootout? It was a defeat oh, to yeah. Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, mm. So they'll probably think that's a little bit unlucky, but they have been doing pretty well in the last couple of seasons. They've got Portugal striker uh, Andre Silva as well there. He's on loan from AC Milan and he'd scored eight goals um, for the season so far, but he was really just coming into form for Frankfurt before lockdown. He'd scored three times in the four games before everything got closed down. Um, they're actually just six points away from sixth place Schalke despite the fact they are 12th um, but the one big problem for them is that their mascot has been banned from performing before the what? games. A very famous mascot Attila. Yeah and apparently Attila has really been missing the pre-match tradition of <laughs> flying around the stadium. He's a golden what did eagle. What do? <laughs> He's a golden eagle and he basically revved up the crowd and flew around the stadium before all the games as well. <laughs> oh. So he He hasn't been able to fulfil his his pre-match duty since March the 12th. That was a game against Basel. Um, He's had all his other appearances cancelled as well um, at fan clubs and football camps. I wonder if he's on furlough. I think he probably is,
1: crying into his little
2: nest. But yeah, he's hired for weddings, football camps. Um, He's had all of that completely, completely cancelled. And um, I was reading an article in Build and a representative from the club says, yes, Attila is used to people from a very early age. So now he is very lonely. Oh, I know what a
1: shame. So Frankfurt play uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's, yeah, they do. That's the final kickoff this Saturday. Yeah. Well, there you go. We're all going to be avid watchers of the Bundesliga. Exciting, isn't it, to get stuck into some football as we await the outcome of what happens here over in the UK? So teams selected for the Bundesliga. Let's get on to the match day experience next. Here on the Offside Rule. It's Last up, football's coming home literally coming to our homes Uh, we've got our team to support in the Bundesliga we've got the TV set up weekend diary clear because nothing else is happening isn't it So it's chilly again there are though just a few things missing aren't there making this football experience as it should be we've got no crowd we can't be in the crowd either actually so it's time for me to ask you ladies to come up with your ideal at home kit maybe elements that broadcasters can use maybe things that we can do as fans uh, to really liven the experience experience up and really make us feel like football's back and truly back Uh, so anything you like at all it could be that you want to imagine being in the crowd it could just be that you want to enhance the sofa experience Hayley let's go to you
2: I have a turnstile which I'm going to put between the door frame in my lounge, um, also what, just known a, as a, lying
1: around. Where do you it's, have that
2: from? It's, it's also known as a baby gate, which I oh, was going to put yay. up when the little one started to walk. But I'm going to install it early, and I'm going to make sure I enter the lounge through my very own turnstile. <laughs>
1: are you going to have to pay to get to get into your lounge it's
2: it's going to be free because i've invited i've been invited um to dine in the hospitality what, suite
0: <laughs> of course so even when you're on lockdown you're in hospitality yeah. Ailey. <laughs> so what i've decided is
2: because my other half is a chef and cooks most nights i'm going to make sure he kind of rustles up a, a menu for me and i, I have I bottles of a cham-
1: couple of prawn sandwiches
2: yep. there's exactly better than that uh, prawn <laughs> linguine um i've got prosecco and champagne in the fridge because he doesn't drink that I need an excuse to crack open a whole bottle and that's exactly what you would do if you were if you were dining in the kind of upper box tier of a stadium. And I'm thinking, I'm going all out. I'm going Wembley. So I'm going to have a starter remain and a dessert. And he's going to wait on me hand and foot. He's not into football, my other half. So it's just going to be purely mm. me. And I'm going to invite all my friends on Zoom. And we're Virtual. going to watch along together in our football shirts. I won't be in a football shirt. I'll be dressed up in something stylish. And I'm, I'm even going to wash my hair for the occasion. Oh, that is a big thing for me right now. It's the, it's the highlight of my week.
1: Can I yeah. suggest a high chair as well, Haley? Because you want that kind of up in the gods experience, don't you? When, when yeah. you're watching in sort of corporate hospitality, you're often in sort of above the first or second tier, aren't you? So maybe a high chair to sit on would be a, a good move for you.
2: Yeah, I think I think a lot of um, my little girl's things are going to come in very handy. She's got some um, musical instruments as well, you know, some kind of rattle shakers and things. So right, yes. A little bit, bit like the, the old school What were they called that you swung around your head? Clackers. Clackers, yeah, of course. So instead of the traditional clackers, I'm going to take some
0: maracas. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lindsay,
0: what's on your list? I'm thinking more on behalf of the players, actually. So haley has got the home experience sorted. In fact, I'd like to be at hers for that with the three courses. Um, but I'm going to think of the players and how we make the experience better for them. And I think there is a really simple thing that can be done here. In order to have a season ticket nowadays, you submit a photo and you have that on your ticket that you show each week. I think the club can extract that photo and make a cardboard cutout. Put it in your seat so that when players look up, they can... Can see a full stadium. It doesn't tackle the noise issue, but it does on a visual
1: basis mean that the, mm. when they look up, they see people's faces. You are onto something here, Lindsay, because a couple of clubs around the world are already doing it. In the Bundesliga, we can bring this back. Borussia, Munch, and are doing this. Um, supporters of any team able to have one of themselves for 19 euros. There you go. So I'm, I am big behind that as well in terms of cardboard cutouts of fans. What else have you got?
0: I also want to pimp out our own services, so I think they should have remote stadium announcers. We know that we've yes. got all the kit. We've been producing the podcast every week. A lot of people have said they've enjoyed the quality, the sound quality. Why not boom us around a stadium? It, it doesn't mean that the stadium announcing is going to be of any
1: quality, does it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they can play it out. Um, I think that would be quite good to get your your authentic football voices in football grounds despite lockdown
1: we well, talking of authentic football voices. Um, maybe there's an element when you're watching at home that you can choose your crowd noise. So via an app or something, you could choose um, the noise according to the stadium that you're in. So you could just load up Anfield noises, or you could just do them and tailor them to you and your match day experience. Um, I've found a few already. Um, some are quite good for you, actually, Haley. Thinking of you as a Manchester United fan here. Let's let's hear a few. Anfield! As well as real chants, ladies, we could also come up with our own as well. Maybe we could make an app where people can record their own, whether it's shouts of joy or whether it's just, you know, slightly critical verbals at it, so that when you're at that point in the game, you can just reach for your phone and press for that particular sound effect. So I've got a couple of those lined up here for you as well. Come on, ref! Find some space! (laughs) focus (laughs) have a go so you record yourself into your phone. See, this is where
0: I think. I mean, you did a very good job there, Kate, was, but I have to say, I think you're onto something, but I think attack, you already attack. use you use things that have already happened. So you go into the archives
1: clip up stuff rather than getting people no, to try and act. you need you need okay. So, watching a game, what are the typical things which you say? And, you know, Lindsay, I know. You don't want to you know. get can get quite verbally abusive. I mean, not that's not why, that's why so. I'm a
0: broadcaster. I
1: put a microphone there to stop me from doing these <laughs> And Maybe things. you could choose one each. Uh, Haley. if you were to record down one of the things that you say most commonly in football, what would it be? Attack, 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 attack. attack. <laughs> or in reference to my story last week, Frank Lampard couldn't hit a barn door. Uh, anyway, you can just choose your own effectively. Um, I thought that that might be quite nice.
2: One other thing I'd thought of... You know, in the sort of daily government briefing where you have various journalists on a screen and you get to see them put questions to Boris Johnson or whoever it may be, Mm -hmm. the health minister that turns up. I would quite like it if they just let the fans appear in those screens and you all get the chance from home to do the post-match interviews through a screen and everyone at home could then see these interviews.
1: (gasps) Or ask the questions. I mean you'd be out of a job,
2: Lindsay. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of this. Okay, okay. (laughs) I mean they could allow journalists
2: to do it, but I was just thinking of the fans missing out on that experience. It would be something quite special, you know?
1: Yeah. Okay, well that's the football experience wrapped up. Just before the end of the show, it's my very favourite section, any other business. So, any other business? Uh, the part of the show where we pick up on some of the smaller footballing lines or stories you might have missed during the week—not the most plentiful week, ladies. I have to say, I feel like we we are getting to the point in football where where we might be running out of fun stories, really, or interesting stories, but I have found a few. I'm going to kick us off with something I can't wait to see during lockdown. Uh, Netflix are making a film about the women's 1999 World Cup winning US soccer team. Um, it's a fantastic story. Their fight to get uh, to that World Cup final and winning it. It's Michelle Akers, Brandy Chastain, Mia Ham. Remember, Brandy Chastain and the knee slide taking off her top, revealing her sports bra as well. It's an iconic moment in football history, that 1999 Women's World Cup final. Um, and so therefore, I can't wait to see the story told by some of the players. Haley,
2: OK, mine is, do you remember the Belarus president, Alexandra Lukashenko? Well, Guess what? He's eating his words because again. he's just the biggest wally. He he basically said that football could still happen. People needed sport and he declared that sport is the best antivirus remedy. And he even was quoted as well as, as saying that drinking vodka was going to help. Well, he has actually been pictured attending an ice hockey game. He actually went as a fan and watched ice hockey as that happened. But the virus has now begun to affect the league because a player has showed symptoms of COVID-19, which is not great. Um, So uh, a big game between uh, FC Minsk and Neman Grodno Of course, that's a huge one. Um, (laughs) We've heard of these two giants of Belarusian football going head-to-head. Well, that has been postponed, and it looks like, yeah, a few... I I can't um, believe
1: that they're still playing football. Yep, second division matches. They,
2: They are only just starting to test their players. So they've only just started to test them now and they've continued to play for the last six weeks. And yeah, a few have showed symptoms of a COVID nineteen. As we record this, I don't know if they do have coronavirus, but what an absolute disaster.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah, Lindsay. Uh, I follow a lot of Wolves related accounts as you'll know on my social media being a fan so I'm going to give you the good and bad of Wolves in one week. Um, the good, I mentioned this on a previous podcast, Carl Henry former player has been raising money for the NHS and New Cross Hospital in the West Midlands and reached his target so they got past £50,000.
1: So of money, congratulations
0: and I know he put so much work into that mm. so congratulations to them. Um, but on the bad note Morgan Gibbs White was caught at a party breaking lockdown rules came to london so even traveled to go to a party oh God. Uh, how stupid can you yeah. be um yeah, so really really disappointed as i'm sure many other wolves fans are in him and up, up and coming talent but you know you've got to be able to know
1: that rules apply to you as every as much yeah. as anybody else Well, just after we recorded last week, it was announced uh, that Lyon have been crowned champions in France's top women's league and Spain have followed suit both their top two leagues that the season has come to an end. This means that Barcelona have been awarded the title, their fifth in nine seasons. Uh, Second place, Atletico Madrid, um, who were trailing the Catalans by nine points, uh, secured the second of the two Women's Champions League spots. We're still waiting, by the way, to find out the fate of our top women's league over here, the WSL. And um, that's all for this week's show, if you're listening, and also Hayley and Lindsay. Uh, let us know what you're enjoying. Uh, maybe you'd like to participate with a few suggestions of your own for answers to our topics. Find us on social media at Offside Rule Pod, and we've got our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Uh, there's some information on there, actually, about Spain's decision to end their top two uh, women's football leagues. Uh, and there's also plenty of player interviews and some other bits and bobs over there too. This weekend then, ladies, we're building up to the return of the Bundesliga. I think we should report back, shouldn't we, next week um, and uh, find out which of those matchday experiences uh, we decided to truly introduce into our weekend. Um, Anything else going on for you both? I was going to say absolutely nothing, but Kirk has decided to
2: rip up the garden, take down a shed and build a summer house he's ready so for our staycations. He's, just, he's
1: so German, isn't he? Mm-hmm. That, that, mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'd expect him to do. I think we're just going to be vegging and maybe eating some brunch items, obviously catching up with a bit of Bundesliga uh, and everything else. But, um, but uh, plenty of action in Hayley McQueen's household. I've got the final ever episode of Breaking Bad to watch. Oh, Tense moments in the Hooper household as they try and work out what to watch next. All right, we'll have a fun weekend, ladies. We're back next week. Take care wherever you are listening at the moment. Um, Again, huge shouts out to those of you that are contributing to the effort around coronavirus, whatever you're doing, if you're having to go out to work at the moment. Um, We wish you well and uh, we'll speak to you again next week. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddynewsmedia.com. Muddy Knees Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.